taste your television. Japan has invented lickable screens. And this holiday season, the expert ham sniffers are exhausted from sniffing so many hams a day. And there's a whole entire civilization of mole people living underneath Las Vegas. Who knew? These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. That's right, baby. In that closet, staying out of the rain. Oh, yeah. Pretty soon, you'll be able to taste your television as Japan invents a lickable screen that imitates food flavors. A Japanese professor has developed a prototype. It's a lickable screen that can imitate food flavors. This is another step towards creating multi-sensory viewing experiences. This device is called the Taste the TV, TTTV. It uses a carousel of 10 flavor canisters that spray in combination to create the taste of a particular food that you might see on your screen. (laughs) I can't believe this is real. The flavor sample then rolls on hygienic film over a flat TV screen for the viewer to try. This is going to really enhance the cooking show experience. It may be porn for all I know. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, with COVID out there right now, maybe it's safer to just lick a porn star at home. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, it says here, in the COVID era, this kind of technology can enhance the way that people connect and interact with the outside world. Okay. The goal is to make it possible for people to have the experience of something like eating at a restaurant on the other side of the world, even while staying at your house. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess you could eat something that's all the way across the world that you see on your screen. Uh, Very exotic foods that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to taste. You'll be able to do so. Via the TTTTTTV. It says here they worked with a team of about 30 students. They produced a variety of flavor-related devices, including a fork that makes food taste richer. Huh. They're just messing with food devices and food technology. Sounds like a fun class, actually. Uh, the professor, Miyashita, says he built the TTTV prototype over the past year and that a commercial version would cost about... 100,000 yen, or uh, 653 euro to make, which is a lot cheaper than I thought. Potential applications for this technology could include distance learning for sommeliers and cooks, and also tasting games and tasting quizzes or quiz shows. Miyashita has also been in talks with companies about using the spray technology for devices that can apply a pizza or a chocolate taste to, say, a slice of toasted bread. Wow, imagine this. I'm just going to be able to program whatever you want something to taste like. Yeah, I'm eating a piece of pizza, but it tastes like strawberry shortcake because I pushed a button. Wow, what's going on, guys? What's going on is we're using our technologies to create multi-sensory experiences. Well, it's only a matter of time. We have virtual reality where you feel like you're there, and then there are they've made some gear you can wear where you can actually feel like and be touched and whatnot. So you can actually feel objects or other beings in virtual reality. And it's just a matter of time. So we're just going to get something you could smell and taste that really isn't there in front of your face. Which is just, it's just going to lead to us never leaving our homes. I'm just very (laughs) afraid that we're just going to have a situation where we just don't ever go outside. It's a concern, man. 
I mean, I'm already a little concerned as it is with the video game situation. You got generations that spend an inordinate time indoors playing these games rather than outside, having that good old-fashioned fun. Oh, I sound like a old man on his porch. Why don't you go have some of that old-fashioned fun like I used to? Why don't you go touch a boob in a cemetery? Why don't you... <laughs> the touch football. Why don't you play some touch football? So that's kind of going on, and I just worry that with these all-enveloping experiences in the virtual world becoming more and more lifelike, we're just going to become people that are staying indoors forever, just never going anywhere. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to go to our restaurant while still being at home. (laughs) We're going to make love to somebody that's far away while still being at home. Expert ham sniffers are exhausted from sniffing over 800 hams in a single day. There's a company in Spain called Cinco Jotas. It's over 100 years old. It has a team of expert ham sniffers. And apparently these ham sniffers are pretty tired. The company specializes in traditional production methods of acorn-fed Iberian ham. That sounds very fancy. No, I only eat my ham... If it's been fed acorns and it's Iberian, this is a bougie-ass ham company, it sounds like. Of course they got ham sniffers. Well, they're working these ham sniffers to the bone here. Let's find out how much they're paying them as well. I'm very curious about this ham-sniffing profession. I think this could be a future for me. I can sniff a ham. I could be pretty good at sniffing turkeys, too. I'm down. Okay, so sniffing the ham, it's part of its quality control methods. They're having, they've trained workers to smell the hams before they're sold. The process is very simple on its face. You poke the ham, you take a sniff. You determine if the meat is up to muster by seeking out specific scents that indicate whether this ham meets the quality expectations of the Cinco Jotas Ham Company. Obviously, it's a much more precise ordeal, especially because the whole evaluation is happening at warp speed. They're sniffing a lot of hams. Well, if you're sli- sniffing over 800 a day, how many is that an hour? I mean, if you worked a 10-hour day, that's 80 hams you'd be sniffing an hour, which is more than one ham a minute. It's a lot of hams. One of the ham sniffers, they're called caladors in Spanish. One of the caladors works year-round by himself, smelling about 200 hams a day. Uh, during the holiday season, however, he's, uh, he's really working hard. He's sniffing 800 hams a day, this guy alongside five other seasonal expert sniffers. Each ham gets four sniffs. <laughs> That's a total of 3,200 sniffs a day. That's a lot of sniffs. <laughs> I kind of want to see this in action. There's no video accompanying the article. I'd like to go there and inspect their ham sniffers. <laughs> is, there a, is there like a meat sniffing university? That I'm unaware of, where they teach you how to sniff the meat. <laughs> I've sniffed some meat in my day. Hey now, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is very funny. Uh, uh, all right, there's somebody in here named Manuel Dominguez. He's been he's been a ham sniffer since 1998. He said that all this inhaling is putting him quote at the limit of human possibility. Uh, still. Manuel is not dissuaded. He says, if duty calls, he's willing to try and get some more hams in for the holiday season. 
He said here, I will find a way to sniff 801. Perhaps 802 hams is possible even. <laughs> oh, I like this. Oh, man. I need to search for a video of the people sniffing this ham. Hold on. Oh, their Facebook page, Cinco Hotas, under videos. The top video is one of their ham sniffers doing his thing. Uh, I'm going to describe it to you, or you can go to the Facebook page and watch it as well. Takes a very small plastic pick of some sort, sticks it into the meat, pulls it out, sniffs the pick, does it very slowly, deliberately, really takes his time sniffing it like a, you know, when one of these professional sommeliers kind of whiff the wine. So, anyways, if you want to order one of these hams, they're not cheap, I'm sorry to say. Of course they're not cheap. They got ham sniffers, man. You got some people sniffing your meat. Your meat ain't going to be cheap. You're going to have to pay a premium for meat that's been pre-sniffed. <laughs> okay, so it's about, it's over $1,000. $1,400 for a 14 to 15 pound bone-in ham. Uh, you can also get three ounces of their sliced ham for $32. So just uh, go to the Cinco Jotas Facebook page or website if you want to get some of this pre-sniffed ham. Or maybe uh, you know you want to apply for a job as a ham sniffer. Maybe you got a lot of experience sniffing meat in the world. Maybe you're pretty good at it. And uh, you can make some extra money on the side during the holidays. They need extra ham sniffers this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lovely holiday story, isn't it? <laughs> We're learning. Yay! Hey, what's up, you friggin' weirdos? I know you like podcasts. I know you like weird, crazy stories. I know you like my Boston accent. Well, listen... You're also going to love this show called What Was That Like? Every episode is a wild, true story, and it's told firsthand by the person who actually went through it. Stories like Michael was abused with a sewing machine, or Shiny ate his own foot, or this one, Leslie's house exploded. And kaboom! The whole house blows. My hair catches on fire. These stories are so weird and so crazy and so true. You're going to love this podcast. Just search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or go to the website whatwasthatlike.com. There's actually mole people living underneath Las Vegas. You likely know Las Vegas for its glittering lights, swanky casinos, million-dollar hotels, blackout drunk experiences where you wake up without your money. What happened? This is the lifestyle. What you may not know is that underneath the famed streets of the Las Vegas Strip, there is an entire other world. It's a scary world. An extensive network of tunnels running underneath the city. And in those tunnels live the mole people. <laughs> I don't know if this is real. It sounds too fantastic. This underground community, they say, is one of the most dangerous places in the city, in fact. And that's saying a lot, because, uh, you know, as you know, People own wild animals in Las Vegas. It's not un uncommon for you to walk into a hotel room that features three tigers. It says here in the summer of 75, a monsoon caused a flash flood in the Las Vegas Valley that, that caused a, a lot of damage, millions of dollars of damage, in fact. To prevent the same thing from happening, the state began building an extensive network of tunnels underneath Las Vegas. In the case of a sudden deluge, the tunnels would redirect the water underground. Seems very practical. There are, in total, 200 miles of tunnels that run beneath Las Vegas. These tunnels have become home to hundreds of the state's homeless people. These are the mole people 
of Las Vegas. Who are the mole people of Las Vegas? I'm very curious. Uh, it says here, the tunnels of Las Vegas rose to fame in 2002 when a man named Timmy, Timmy Weber, used the tunnels to hide from the authorities after he uh, committed a murder. While the mole people of Las Vegas do have their fair share of troubles, they are not all murderers, it says. In fact, most of them are American citizens who, for whatever reason, have become homeless. It's pretty common in my country. I live in a city uh, covered in tents. That's what's going on. A lot of tents. It says here, sadly, many of the people who live in these tunnels struggle with substance abuse, mental health problems, of course. Some experts estimate that approximately 300 people live in those tunnels. The conditions in these tunnels can be challenging. Yeah. Somebody wrote a book about it. Matthew O'Brien is the author of Beneath the Neon, The Life and Death in the Tunnels of Las Vegas. He spent countless hours down there in those tunnels getting to know these mole people, apparently. Oh, this is very fascinating. The author in this book has described the dangers of these tunnels, the criminals that at times can live there, uh, also the heavy flooding, because be because rainfall causes millions of gallons of water to rush through the tunnels at speeds of up to 30 miles per hour. Because of this, many of the city's flood-related drownings have been the mole people living in the tunnels. Out of control. Advocates for the homeless, emergency first responders, and flood district personnel try to convince the mole people to leave their tunnel dwellings. Like, please leave the tunnel dwellings, especially from June to September, which is monsoon season in this state. But they can't convince everybody. For many of the mole people, living in these tunnels is preferable to living on the actual streets, despite the dangers. Uh, and yeah, I mean, have you been out in the open air in Las Vegas in the middle of the summer? You just go up in flames. You need to find yourself a, some shade. A tunnel's pretty convenient if you don't have a home to go to or a job or anything. I'd be living in a tunnel as well just to get out of the sun. It says here, Las Vegas has one of the worst rates of urban homelessness in the entire U.S. Approximately 5,000 homeless people in the city and only 2,000 shelter beds available. Uh, that's pretty small numbers compared to Los Angeles, though. We have between 45 and 60,000 homeless people. <laughs> probably probably 5,000 shelter beds available. I mean, it's just crazy. Man, this country is just... Aye. Uh, this is a challenge, these mole people, it says here, uh, for the social workers and the medical personnel, because their dwellings, the nature of the dwellings, make them very difficult to reach. As such, uh, they can't uh, really set up foundations to help these people. It's very sad. Uh, this is a very sad story, but let me use it to remind you that uh, there's a lot of people out there during the holiday season that don't have a home. And if you can do anything to help alleviate this situation, if you could donate or volunteer somewhere... I will be uh, volunteering on Christmas Day at a comedy club out here, giving out home uh, uh, food to the homeless. Uh, as you know, I don't really have much family out here in L.A., so that's how I'll be spending my Christmas. And if you can give back to the community in some way, uh, yeah, around these times, it's, it's very helpful, and you should consider doing that. Uh, all right, well, thank you very much. I'm trying to be, all right, being very polite. Happy holidays, guys. Yeah, we're almost there. Almost there. Uh, Christmas Eve will be tomorrow, Friday. 
It also coincides with Florida Friday, so you know what that is, guys. I'm going to need some Florida articles. Please send me whatever Florida, weird Florida stories that you got from the week so we can do a very special Florida Friday story on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'm not missing a day, even though it's Christmas Eve. Some people take Christmas Eve off. I'm not keeping taking Christmas Eve off. I'm delivering the, the goods, guys. That's what I'm doing. I'm like Santa. I'm bringing you the goods. <laughs> except, I'm, except I'm not a fat guy, and I can't grow a beard. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you putting up with me. Uh, and uh, what else? I'm going to publish some phone calls after this as well. So, And if you'd like to call the show, it's 646-450-2012. That would be pretty cool. You can wish me a happy New Year or a Merry Christmas. I celebrate Christmas, so if you want to wish me a Merry Christmas, that's pretty cool. I got a new patron. I got a new patron. That's right. Someone joined the Patreon named Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams, welcome. You just became a Patreon. You have just crossed over the threshold of support for the Weird AF News production studios. <laughs> Which is just one boy in a closet. But thank you. And you, uh, you will get your name on the closet wall, Mr. Williams. That's right. I'll put your name right on the closet wall next to all of these other contributors. Yes. Isn't that pretty cool? You uh, join the Patreon. You get your name on my wall, on my podcast studio. You also get that good feeling knowing that you're supporting a five-day-a-week weird news podcast that no one else is doing. Yeah. It's a very unique thing we got going on over here. Not everybody knows about it, clearly. <laughs> so so if you want to help out, you, you could join the Patreon. But, you know, things might be tight this year for you, uh, money-wise, so I understand. But you can also help me out by telling someone about the show. I think that's important and very helpful and a good way to show appreciation. So uh, I'd be very grateful if you did that. If you'd like to send me articles, it's uh, funnyjones at gmail.com or go to weirdafnews.com and you can submit an art- article there as well. You can also join the Patreon from there by clicking on the Patreon link, or go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews. And uh, lastly, shout out to my sponsor for the week, the What Was That Like podcast, which you can find on all your podcast players. Just search for What Was That Like podcast, or go to whatwasthatlike.com. All right, now to the calls. Hello, welcome to yesterday. You did a story about uh, using some, uh, some uh, pigs to keep the birds away from the airport's uh, takeoff strip. And you said something about that. They were using a bevy of bovine. Well, bovine is beef, and that is cows. Uh, so what you really have to say is like a pack of porcine. So porcine is pigs, like pork. So, uh, yeah, that would be that correct way of saying that, a pack of porcine. So I, I, I like that Michael from Iowa City, his idea about how to sign off on a, on the end of a phone call. So I will say to you, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and all the weirdos. And I'm not as lucky. I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. And the, this morning on your show, you had a lady that was like the cave lady. I just wanted to know how she got a fish on the road, like how the fish roadkill. And the fart in the jar, like, you got to, when you fart in the jar, like, I just got my brother with a good one time, you got to keep the jar upside down when you put the lid on. It doesn't get out, man. But, and then I can't believe that in the US you guys are allowed to have flamethrowers like that. <laughs> I just, I'm still laughing about that. But I just, like, you said you 
don't get many views on your videos. Like, I've got a good idea for you, um, how you can get more views. Like, why don't you light your fart with a flamethrower? <laughs> I'm sure that would get a hell of a lot of views. Anyway, have a good Christmas, and I'll speak to you later. Thanks, mate. Bye.